0: Tonight is study number 18 of Genesis chapter 8. We're going to be reading verses 11 and 12. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet other seven days, and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him Anymore. I'll stop reading there. In our last study, we saw the dove, which we've understood to represent the Holy Spirit, came in to Noah, and in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. And we uh, went to a couple of places, a couple of scriptures, that tied the olive tree to the promised land. And that was fitting, it was in keeping with the spiritual dimension of this passage of the Holy Spirit making preparation, the Holy Spirit looking for the new heavens and new earth for the place of God's eternal dwelling, the place where he will rest the soul of his feet forevermore. And and so the dove... Returns and in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. And we discussed the fact that the olive leaf, which is an evidence of the promised land, it's a land of oil olive. It's a, it's a land of olive trees. And the olive leaf in the dove's mouth is a figure of the mouth of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will produce evidence through its mouth. And, of course, the mouth of the Holy Spirit is the Word of God, the Bible. so the Holy Spirit will open up the Scriptures to reveal truth regarding the coming promised land to the people that have found refuge and safety and deliverance in Christ, which the ark typifies. And the Holy Spirit will return, as it were, to them and show them. Here is an olive leaf. For here is something substantial brought forth from the word of God to encourage God's elect that it is close at hand. It is very near. There there will not be judgment forever. Judgment will not be endless without ever an end, but it will come to a close. God's wrath will be satisfied. God's testing of his people will be completed. The tableau of the elect appearing before the judgment throne of Christ will also be completed. And then will come the time... When the door opens, we've spent a good amount of time in in looking into the Bible regarding the shutting of the door of heaven, the shutting of the door that provided entry into that safe chamber, into the salvation that God granted his elect. And, And then the door shut on May 21, 2011. And we've been so focused on the shutting of the door, we haven't really spent that much time considering the occasion when the door opens once again. And the way the Bible is looking at these events, this um, ship, the ark, and it's sailing the seas in the day of judgment until... The seas that it's sailing upon are no more. The water goes down and reveals a new earth. And then finally, we're getting near the point when the door of the ark will be open and all that are within will come out. They will exit and they will step onto a new earth, a new world, the promised world the promised land that god has spoken of all throughout the bible for thousands of years it will come to pass and and so the lord is giving us some encouragement giving us some hope that these things are not far away at all and the olive leaf historically provided that for noah and his family And it spiritually provides it for us today because since we know the door did shut, we know we're in those days after the tribulation, we can see the spiritual picture that the Bible is presented as the world is under the judgment of God. And so we can also see this illustration that the Bible is giving us, that God himself is giving us, of the formation of the new heaven and the new earth. And Noah knew, it says, the waters were abated from off the earth. Well, once Noah saw the olive leaf plucked off in the dove's mouth, he knew the waters were abated from off the earth. Now, before we take a look at that last sentence in verse 11. Let's go to Revelation 22 where a leaf is mentioned or leaves in Revelation 22 starting in the first verse. It says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the land. In the midst of the street of it And on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. So we read of the leaves of the tree, and of course the tree points to Christ, but uh, here God is making reference to the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations, and then the very next verse says there shall be no more curse. And in our context of Genesis 8, Noah sees the leaf. It's a leaf leaf plucked off a tree from the land that's outside the ark. The land that is taking shape. That's the picture anyway. The land that they will soon inhabit. He sees the leaf and immediately he knows. Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. Now remember the word... The Hebrew word translated as abated is a word that is translated elsewhere several times as curse. This word abated was used back in verse 8. It's the same Hebrew word and he also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. Now we, we have to be careful because Going back to verse 3, it spoke of the 150 days the waters were abated. Well, that Hebrew word in verse 3 translated as abated is a word that means decreased. And it's translated as uh, decreased, I think, also in this chapter, that the waters went down. But the Hebrew word, it's um, 7043 that's translated as abated in verse 8, and in verse 11, the verse we're currently looking at, is not the same word. This is a word that is translated, for instance, in Deuteronomy 23 and verse 4, as curse, it says, "...because they met you not with bread and with water in the way." When you came forth out of Egypt, and because they hired against thee Balaam, the son of Beor of Pethor of Mesopotamia, to curse thee. That's, that's our word. To abate thee? Now, that doesn't make any sense in, in this context. It's also the word that we find in 2 Samuel chapter 16. 2 Samuel 16 and In verse 7, it says, And thus said Shimei when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. And also in verse 10, And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because Jehovah has said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? That's our word in both verses. Curse. It's actually translated that way as curse in our chapter of Genesis 8 and verse 21. And Jehovah smelled a sweet savor. And Jehovah said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. So we're on a safe ground in translating this word as curse. And it does fit the context when we read it correctly. So Noah knew that the cursed waters from off the earth, or were from off the earth. Noah knew that the waters of the curse, the cursed waters, the the, the waters that brought death and destruction, that destroyed the old earth, that killed all the other inhabitants of the earth, that destroyed all the animals with the breath of life. Yes, they were cursed waters. Noah knew that the curse was off the earth. You see how that fits with Revelation 22, the leaf for the healing of the nations is mentioned and in the next verse there shall be no more curse and I think or um, i I don't know what else uh, could be in view it it must be that Noah understood as a result of receiving the leaf from the doves that represents the holy Spirit that this earth that is forming, Every day, taking shape and, and becoming more evident. This earth is an earth that has no curse upon it. You know, um, it's not time yet, but when we get to verse 21, we're going to take a look at that statement. Jehovah said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. You know, that statement does not fit. It doesn't seem to apply to our present earth, to the earth that after the flood, we know that that earth is our present earth today in reality. Uh, But that statement doesn't seem to apply to this earth, does it? But it does apply to the new earth, to the new creation that God will create at the end of the world. And that's exactly what's in view spiritually. The waters of the curse, the word of God that brought such destruction to this creation, to the sinner, the the rebels that transgressed God's commandments and has now destroyed them. They are gone forever. And so the picture is that old creation and now there's a new creation. And now there's new creatures, as it were. That's the spiritual image that God is giving us with uh, with the people on the ark, with the animals on the ark. These are the creatures that will now inhabit the new earth. And God can only do so much with the old earth and using the creatures man created in his image and and all the animals that he created uh, he he can't very well make new creatures uh, to illustrate his point so he uses the old to draw the picture for us and the picture is actually very clear and and very direct and so we we do see the wonderful teaching of Genesis chapter 8, especially in these verses, in this section of the chapter, in this passage, is a strong emphasis and re-emphasis of the coming new world. The fulfillment of all that God has promised to his people in this world throughout time, that the Bible records is taking shape. It is happening uh, right before our eyes as we go from verse to verse. All right, let's go to the next verse, verse 12 of Genesis 8. And it says, And he stayed yet other seven days, and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. So the dove came back with that bit of evidence, the olive leaf plucked off, and Noah could have sent it right back out, but he waited, he waited. It says he stayed yet other seven days. Now this Hebrew word that's translated as stayed is a different Hebrew word than we found back in verse 10. And and remember, it said in verse ten, and he stayed yet other seven days, and that word was a word that had to do with uh, child bearing, being in pain or travail, and yet this word, it's a different Hebrew word. It's thirty one seventy six, and you know, it, it really this chapter does help to show how important it is to look at. The uh, original language, the Hebrew or the Greek, uh, because in English you just don't uh, get the sense of what God is saying here. Uh, we saw that with the word abate, and now we can see it with this English word "stayed." It's the identical English word, but it's a completely different Hebrew word, and it has a completely different meaning. This word... 3176 is um, a word that's translated as wait in Job 14, verse 14. It says, If a man die, shall he live again. All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. And, And that's the word translated as stayed. And yeah, we can see uh, the relationship between those words, and he waited yet other seven days. He stayed. And he, uh, he, he did not send the dove out immediately, not the next day, but he waited another seven day period. And this word, though, uh, is also translated as hope. If we turn to Psalm 119, it's found in Psalm 119, several times. Verse 49, Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. In verse 74, They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. In verse 81, My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. 114, It says, Thou art my hiding place and my shield, I hope in thy word. And 147, I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. Or, uh, it's the same word, and there's many other verses we can go to. I'm just going to go to uh, a couple more in the Old Testament. Psalm 42, verse 5 Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Psalm 43, verse 5, repeats it. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. So you can see that carrying that definition or that particular translation of this word, hope, back to our verse in Genesis 8. And he hoped yet other seven days. The dove returned with olive leaf in its mouth and this was encouraging. And so Noah... Noah began to hope. Oh, can it be? Are we almost there? Is it almost time to get off this vessel, to disembark, to exit, and to enter into, not only to leave, but to enter into the promised land, the land of olive trees, the land... Of the kingdom of heaven, the, the land where there will be no wicked. And when they do come out of the ark, all of the evil, all the evil people that populated the earth are gone. They're, they're entering into a world where there are no other evil people. Of course, uh, we know that if all eight souls are not saved, that one of them would be evil, but it's very possible that all eight were saved. And so, uh, if they are all saved, then um, all of their sin is forgiven, and and at least for a short time, the eight people that stepped out of the ark and live in the world, they are righteous people. And there would be no human being. Alive for a short while until children were born. No human being would sin upon them that was offending God because all their sins would have been washed away and paid for. But we can see they're hoping, they're hoping, their figurehead Noah is hoping that it is soon over. It is soon finished. This awful period of time, this just terribly grievous time where they lost everything they used to know. They lost their home. They, they lost their city. They lost their society. They, they lost, uh, what, whatever, um, they had built in the old world. They had given it all up. They, they had, um, only uh, really delivered themselves or God delivered them. They, they only had their own souls delivered out of the deluge, that terrible flood and, and all else was wiped away. So they hoped we can come out of the ark and begin working to reestablish the earth and to uh, make it a righteous place, a good earth, a place where God is honored, and, and God is praised, and God is recognized, and and where we are his humble servants. And again, if all eight souls were saved, that would have been the character of the new earth for a short while, uh, until children would have been born and we we know what happens of course the the world um the unsaved will multiply and and that won't last but just for this short little while after coming out of the ark uh, historically this is really describing the spiritual situation that will endure and continue forevermore into eternity future once god's elect come out of the uh, refuge that god has provided in the person of the lord jesus christ in his salvation once they have endured to the end and and satisfied the the lord's program for judgment day and they come through the judgment and then are lifted up and exalted into the new heaven and the new earth and there will come a time there, there absolutely will this is um, beyond question this is the Bible's guarantee this is the promise of God God that cannot lie for whom lying is an impossibility, God has declared. He will bring His people into that promised land. They will receive it for an everlasting habitation, and He will dwell with them and be their God, and there will be no more curse, no more death, neither sorrow nor pain, they're all the things, in other words, that are so a part of this cursed creation, and of our cursed bodies, will no longer be a, a problem. They will no longer be an affliction. They will be removed from us, and and they will be left to the past. The the past that will never come to mind nor be remembered. It. it what awaits the children of God is a glorious future. A future that is indescribable. It is beyond our wildest imagination because we're so used to, to all the sorrows that sin brings. We're used to death. We're used to and accustomed to vanity and to emptiness and, and to uh, futility and, and to loss and yet God's people can hope and we can hope right now because the Bible in locking in May 21, 2011 and not budging, not, uh, moving an iota. The scriptures will not move away from that date, but have locked it in. And and so the people of God, in returning to this holy book, the Bible, when we continue to search these things out, the Lord is um, unmovable concerning the beginning of judgment, and therefore we understand we are in the midst of a final judgment of the world, and we can see the similarity to the time after the flood when they were sailing along within the ark and waiting for the waters to go down. And and so since one is locked in by the Bible, so is the other. And the coming out of the ark is just as certain as the Bible has made certain Judgment Day, May 21, 2011, with an exclamation mark. Also, with an exclamation mark, will be an eternal future of residing in bliss and happiness with God in a new earth. Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, E-Bible Fellowship's webcast audio or over your phone.